a team here at Genesis? Are you ready to take that next step in your life and get on a team or to begin serving in some amazing ways? Are you giving God permission? Are you giving Him space to use you, to use your life, to use your gifts and your passions, whether that be on something like a parking team or on the Gen Kids team or serving with students or or maybe leading a connection group or something? Now, you might look at something like this and say, well, that doesn't sound that, you know, spectacular. I mean, opening a door for people. What does that possibly do? Well, it is a big deal. I mean, and nothing fancy here in Acts 6 either. I mean, remember, we're talking about food distribution. You know, Stephen signs up to help pass out food. Now, look at the results. Look at how the story continues in verse 7. It says, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I mean, you realize, don't you, that they were doing more than passing out food. And as Steve Wallen pointed out last week in his message, you know, even when we do something like collect food for Bethel Lutheran Food Pantry, we're not just feeding people. As important as that is, we're helping people find their way back to God. We're communicating the hope of the gospel message right here in our own community. I mean, when you sign up to serve, when you, when you go and you put a green dot on a map like this, when you surrender with your life and say, God, I'm ready, you can use me. You're not simply filling a slot, but you are joining God. You are giving Him permission to use your life in some amazing and some greater ways for His purpose and for His glory right here in this community. Stephen signed up to pass out sunbeam bread, all right? It didn't get much fancier than that, but it was more than that. He took a step with his life. He was saying with his life, my life is for you, God. God, use me. It's all for you, everything that I do. Now, what happens next just blows my mind. Look at verse 8. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs amongst the people. From the food pantry team to evidence of grace and powers and wonders and miraculous signs performed through this life. Stephen is a great example of what it means to surrender and to give your life to God and say, Yes, God. However you want to use me, I'm ready to be used by you. Whatever you want. He says, I'm here, I'm ready. He says yes to something that appears so small to us, and maybe even then, but it only leads to greater things. You know, some of you are here today, and uh, you're waiting for your big break, aren't you? I mean, we do that. You want to know God's plan and His purpose for you, and maybe you're dreaming big dreams right now, and that's great. Keep dreaming those big dreams. And maybe you're praying great prayers right now and and praise God for those prayers and you keep praying those prayers. But is it possible that there might be some here today and you're frustrated right now and you're frustrated because in your mind you've got this picture-perfect plan of what it looks like of you serving God and getting to the place where you need and where you think He wants you. And all along the way, God keeps presenting you these opportunities to say yes to Him. But you keep saying no. Because you got your eyes fixed on something down the road instead of being prepared to say yes to something that's happening right around you. I love what Francis Chan says. You know, he says, you know, quit praying for God's will for your life five years from now. How about praying for God's will for your life this afternoon? You know, how about take advantage of the opportunities he's putting before you even this afternoon? Start there. You know, what role or work has God been inviting you into over and over? What's that repeated question that he keeps asking you that you keep saying no to? What makes it uncomfortable? You know, where's the risk attached to it? What causes you to overlook it 
you know, Stephen's life was not free of risk. I mean, you know, continue reading in chapter 6 and 7. You can read them for yourself. You know, Stephen's going to go before the Sanhedrin. I mean, these are the religious leaders of the day. And they held a lot of power and, and uh, fear over the Jewish people. They stood in direct opposition to Jesus and his followers and the gospel message. I mean, if you know the story, Stephen is going to die for his faith. I mean, he will be executed for what he believes in. And you might think that the church would have caved at this point in history because this is going to unleash all sorts of persecution against the church. But no, instead the movement that the Sanhedrin was hoping to suppress, maybe even bring to an end, it's going to explode. And in Acts chapter 8, we, we learn that the church scatters and grows from the city of Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and eventually to the ends of the earth. You know, in the end, Stephen lost his life. But I can't help but wonder or ask, do you think he ever regretted the choice to step forward to say yes to God? I'd say no way. And why did he do it? I mean, why did he choose to live his life on the go serving God? How can you not? I mean, when you've been on the receiving end of grace and forgiveness and mercy and hope and new beginnings and start overs. I mean, this is the Romans 8 stuff that we've been talking about. I mean, it's, it's the message that we have been freed from sin because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ changed forever. And if I'm on the receiving end of that love, if I'm on the receiving end of that forgiveness, if I am freed, if I am empowered, if I'm adopted and transformed in love, then I will never be the same ever again. And how do I not go and live my life in such a way that other people have the opportunity to see that message? What risks are you ready to take for Jesus? What risk is he asking you to take? I mean, you know, your risk could be mean to step forward and to serve on a team right here at Genesis Church. And that counts. I mean, maybe, maybe that's your next step. Maybe it's outside of this church to serve with an organization here in the community. Maybe your risk is, is living with more awareness of the people around you and you're praying in such a way that you're just ready and prepared to respond to the needs that come up in your life. That counts. You know, maybe your risk is to have a greater prayer life, to realize that, okay, I can't do this on my own. God lives inside of me and I'm going to rely on Him for His strength and His power in my life. You know, maybe your risk is to continue praying for your husband and to continue loving your husband for the rest of your life. And that counts. Maybe your risk is trusting God financially because you haven't been able to do that, you know, even in difficult times like these, but it's trusting Him and giving generously. Maybe your risk is, is returning to the job that you feel so burned out in but realizing that this is exactly where God has me right now. And tomorrow is a new day. It's a new beginning as I trust Him, as I live my life on the go, doing all things for Him. I mean, what risks are you ready as people on the go to take for God? We've shared a story here with uh, about a young couple, uh, David and Carrie Hartman. Uh, you can see their picture here. They just had a baby. Uh, a little baby boy, and um, they're, they're going to be here with us this morning. I don't think they're in here right now. But uh, David and Carrie, we, we support them financially as a church, and uh, they're getting ready. They've been getting ready over the past year uh, to go into full-time mission work. They're going to be heading to Central Asia, and hopefully by early 2012, uh, they're going to be moving in to Central Asia amongst the Muslim people, and they're going to live life. And they're going to live on the go. And they have an incredible story. And, and I'm touched by their story because let's just be honest, there are people that think they're absolutely crazy. 
And uh, as I was having ice cream with them one night, we were talking about that. If, hey, let's just be honest. I know there are people that think you're crazy. Yes. <laughs> Why do you do it? And I'll always remember Carrie's words. They motivate me. They encourage me. She says, because Jesus is just worth it. He is so worth it. And we're going to live our lives on the go because Jesus is worth it. I want to challenge you to be thinking and praying today about what it means for you to take a risk for God because you won't regret it. And He is so worth it. Well, we've been talking about what it means to live on the go as individuals. And I want to take some time as we wrap up here today to talk with you a little bit about what it means for Genesis Church to be a church on the go. We, as we look ahead, as we look into the future over these next years, uh, what does it mean for us to be a church that is sold out to this mission of helping people find their way back to God? Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, what does it mean to be a church on the go? And if you're taking notes and you want to follow along with us, there are four blanks. Uh, I think part of what it means to be a church on the go is that we are committed forever and always to be a place of hope. That that's who we're called to be as a church. That we exist to bring the gospel message of Jesus Christ to this community with our words and with our actions. Uh, Let me just tell you one of the questions that I was asked one time that can keep me up at night. Uh, It was asked by a pastor and he asked this question. uh, If your church were to disappear tomorrow, would your community notice? Uh, That question drives me nuts. because I don't know the answer. I mean, would our community notice I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're at that place yet. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very encouraged by the work that we've been doing as a church, the work that you've been doing with your lives. You know, I I think we've taken some great steps to help meet some of the real needs in our community, the people around us as we collect food for Bethel Lutheran, as we collect backpacks uh, for school kids as they start off their year, as we partner with people like Good Samaritan to help out families, especially at Thanksgiving and Christmas, as we partner with schools, as we partner with other churches, and as we partner with other organizations. I'm pleased to tell you that we are taking some great steps. But I also want to be honest with you and say we've got a lot of work to do. And we're committed to doing that work as a church. To be a church on the go means that we are more than Sunday morning services here. But that we are that place of hope right here for this community. And we're going to be that place of hope uh, for this community where God has placed us. The second thing is to be a church on the go means to be a place where all are welcome. To be a place where everyone is welcome. Have you ever known one of those families... You know, maybe grew up around them. Maybe it's your home. Uh, one of those families that's always ready to welcome a visitor. You know, it, it, just, it doesn't matter what you're serving for dinner. There's always another plate. There's always a little bit more food. And, and if somebody needs a place to stay, there's a bed or there's a couch or there's a mattress that can be inflated in the house uh, to welcome uh, that person. That's the kind of place that Genesis Church is going to be. Uh, a place where all are welcome. And one of the things that I believe makes this church so special is that we welcome and we reach out to anyone, no matter who they are, to come here. And I want to make sure that we don't lose this. And I know that that's really important to many of you as well. It's why we offer three services here on Sunday mornings. Because we want to make sure that there's a place for everyone who comes. Uh, It's why we talk a lot about the importance of moving up and moving in and moving together. We're going to talk about that a lot. I I love to see your smiling faces. It's great to have you this close. But part of the reason why we do that is we know that we do have late arriving guests. And as we move forward, you know, that there is room in the back. We have over 350 seats in this room and we're going to use every single one of them. But we've got to help in that. 
And that's why we appreciate your support uh, and even something that sounds silly of move up, move in, move together because it's very important. I also want you to know it's why we're moving ahead with our building expansion project here uh, that we call Next. Last spring, um, you gave generously uh, with your time and your resources and you made it possible uh, for us to complete phase one of a really important project for this church as we want to use this building to its fullest potential. And we were able to complete on the other side of this wall some really important student space and children's space to help us do some greater work. Um, We've got two more important steps ahead of us that we are moving full speed ahead on. Uh, The first thing is this. The first thing we want to do as soon as possible is we've been working with an architect that's helped us realize that we can add more seats to this current auditorium. By uh, some reconfiguration with this stage and moving the screens back, we believe we're going to be able to add as many as 75 to 100 seats to this room. And that's a big win for us. And I'm encouraged to tell you that we're moving full speed ahead to do that as soon as possible. But the second important thing that's before us is we need to finish off our children's space. Uh, We've been committed to that from the very beginning. And and we want to add a couple of new rooms. We want to add a new hallway and a lot of fresh paint and new carpet to make that space as accessible Uh, and and as great to use as it possibly can be. And so we continue meeting, and we're planning on this work. Now, as you may recall, we're committed to cash with these projects. Uh, We have taken on no debt uh, in our work so far. Your generosity, your faith, your giving, and your prayers have helped us to do that. And we believe that it'll be the giving of this church that'll help us to get through these next two projects so that they can be completed in early 2012, that we can get there as soon as we can. Why are we doing it? Again, again, because we want to be a church. We want to be a place where everyone is welcome. It's what it means to be a church on the go. Now, here's the problem. Here's the challenge that comes with being a church on the, grow, on the go. We're growing. And it's amazing and it's humbling that God is using this church in some incredible ways right now and we continue to grow. Outside of Easter weekend, we had our largest crowd ever at Genesis Church last weekend with 709 people in attendance. And we're praising God for that. But the challenge is that we only have so much room to grow right here in this facility. Now add to that the work ahead of us. If you were here last week, Steve talked to you about how the population of Greater Noblesville is 52,000 people right now. And by some estimates, as few as 12,000 people that attend church on a regular weekend. That's 40,000 people without a church home. If Hamilton County, a county of 275,000 people, if you use those same statistics, that 75,000 people have a church home, 200,000 without. That even Indy metro area, a community of 1.7 million people, if you use those same statistics, about 1.2 million people that don't have a church or even a relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope you can see that we still have work to do as a church that there is work ahead of us, that helping people find their way back to God is a bold, courageous mission statement. It means that we've still got things to do until Jesus comes back. Josh Huseman shares that passion. Uh, He's the pastor of a new church here in Hamilton County. He was recently asked the question, does Indianapolis really need one more church? And I loved his response to the question. He said, no, we need a bunch more churches because we've got a lot of work to do. What's our part to play in this? What does it mean to be a church on the go? A little less than two years ago, uh, your leadership team gathered at a cabin down in southern Indiana for a couple of days of praying. Uh, There was some fun involved and some eating involved too, but we were praying. We had work. We had tasks ahead of us. And we were talking about what God's plan for our church was. We made some important discoveries that day, uh, those couple of days. Uh, A decision to complete the work on this facility was made a decision to be a church of multiple services, a a decision to hire key staff for critical roles, 
But we also talked about something that was very important to us and we believe very important to us as a church of what does it mean to be small, the importance of the intimacy that is so important here, but yet be committed to the Great Commission. I mean, how can you stay small and keep growing at the same time? And most importantly, we decided in those couple of days that our work as a church would not end with the square footage of this building here at 1702 Pleasant Street. But there are things ahead of us to do. And so Genesis Church, I'm excited to announce to you today that we're going to have a baby. Now, not in my house, all right? I'm a, <laughs> but this church, we're going to have a baby. By the fall of 2012, I'm excited to announce to you today that we're going to launch a second campus as a church. And I just think we have to stop there and just give it up for God that we get to do that. Let me tell you a little about it. What's it mean to be a church on the go? Well, for Genesis, it means by this time next year, we will be one church with two locations. By this time next year, one church with two locations. The plan is by August of 2012, a little less than a year from now, we will not only offer worship services here in Noblesville, but we will also offer worship services at a second location. One church, two locations. That means one lead pastor. That means one elder team. That means one staff, one set of resources, and one mission of helping people find their way back to God. One church with two locations. Now, I'm excited to announce to you today that we're heading to Carmel. And we believe that God has Carmel in mind for us as step one. We're going to launch our new campus in Carmel in 2012. And your leadership team and staff have been praying about this, leaning on God for some time now. And we believe that he has been moving us in this direction. And as we've discussed this and consulted with others in this, we've come to realize that we've got a number of people that live in this area that will potentially be a part of this new campus for us. And at the same time, we know that there are a number of people to reach with the message of Jesus Christ. One church two locations, Genesis Noblesville, Genesis Carmel. Now, what will a second campus look like? Well, let me ask you this question. What do you love about your church right now? And maybe for you, it's the experience. Uh, Maybe for you, it's the people, it's the culture, it's the kids or the student programs. Maybe you love the preaching. I don't know. I mean, give or take, you know, Um, maybe the worship. Well, we believe that what makes this place special here will be a part of what makes Genesis Carmel our second campus special. It's kind of like this. You know how you can buy a caramel macchiato after church today at Starbucks or drive to Chicago and buy that same macchiato and it tastes the same and it still costs $4? We believe that we can do that too as a church with the same quality of worship, the same teaching, ministry opportunities for children and students, and again, for this place to be a place of hope for this community and for the community of Carmel. Now, we know that there are lots of questions that surround something new like this, um, and I'm just going to tell you right up front that we don't know the answer to all of these questions yet, but we do know this, that by the fall of 2012, Genesis Church will be one church with two locations. Uh, We're working on a facility. Uh, It's an exciting, amazing, only-from-God sort of opportunity, and when uh, it is finalized, uh, we'll be excited to make that announcement to you, and you should know this. Uh, This new campus in Carmel will have a campus pastor. It will have someone who will specifically lead the work in Carmel. And it's my pleasure to announce to you today that our executive director, Steve Wallen, will be our campus pastor for the Carmel campus. And uh, he will assume the role. We can, yeah. Um, Steve will report to me even though he hired me, which is a little weird. you know, he was, but, but Steve will report to me, but we will work closely together, again, as one team with one mission as a church, one church in two locations. I have two questions for you 
before we wrap up here. Two questions for you to be thinking about and praying about, especially as we come out of this series go. The first one is this. Does God have Carmel in mind for you? It may be a part of the work that he's been doing in your life. We're praying for potentially 200 people to go from this place to be a part of the launch in Carmel with us. Does God have Carmel in mind for you? The second question is, if God doesn't have Carmel in mind for you, what does he have in mind for you here in Noblesville? Because what it might mean for you is a greater opportunity to serve. It might mean a greater opportunity uh, to lead. Uh, Let's pray together in this. Let's give thanks to our God that we get the opportunity to even think about such things. And let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ because it's for His glory. This isn't for Genesis Church glory. This is for the glory of God. The band's going to come out right now. Last thing I want to share with you is this. What's it mean to be a church on the go? It means that Genesis Church, our reputation is that we will be a reproducing church. Uh, Genesis Noblesville, Genesis Carmel, one church in two locations. This is only the beginning of the work that we believe that God is leading us into. And I am humbly confident that our future is going to be all about starting new campuses and starting new churches. In fact, our staff and leaders have been praying along lines like these. What if Genesis launched 20 new locations over the next 20 years? Could God do it? You bet. You bet God could do that work. And with God leading and using people like you and me to new locations, what about fishers? What if God had Oak Landon in mind for us? Uh, what if God had in mind Castleton or, or Zionsville? What if God has in mind Westfield? What if God has in mind Tipton or Anderson? That He's going to use people like you and me. Could God do it again? Yes. I've realized that my vision for this church is nothing compared to what God's vision is for this church. Why? Why do we do it? Why do we go to such effort? Why do we take the risk? Again, it's Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I mean, how does this work get done? How does this message get communicated? It gets communicated through people like you and me, living our lives, living them on the go. Now, let's point out, God doesn't need us, but He chooses us. And I believe that He's chosen you and He's chosen this church for some greater things. I wrap up with this, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power, Genesis Church, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. My question for you today is, will you go? And will you let God use everything about you for His greater purposes, His work around us?